All right. Well, good morning, everybody. How are you? Good to see you. So glad you're joining us in person, or if you're joining us online as well, we're so glad that you're joining us. Um, We are continuing a series today called The Little Things, and if you missed any of that, matter of fact, we started last week, so you've only missed one week of it, and that's okay, uh, because I'll catch you up, but also uh, you can go online, and you can find that last week's sermon uh, online, or if you wanted to download our app, you can find it there uh, by going to the App Store and searching Elevation Church STL, and you'll find it, download it, and you'll see a place to find the sermons there. But I wanted to jump in here today. Uh, how many of you know that the little things really do matter? Like, they do. Like, you know, I say that, and intuitively, there's something in us that says, yeah, okay, I, I see what you're saying. It, it, to, to, to take care of the little things really matters because we know this. That if we don't take care of the little things, little things sometimes can grow, right? Like, like, and the truth is, is like sometimes it's, it's bad little things. And the bad little things eventually become big things. Bad big things, right? And, 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 but the converse is true as well, that, that if you take care of the little things, uh, a lot of times little things or good little things can become really great big things, and, and so, so the converse is true, but, but what we wanted to do as we kind of walk through this series at the beginning of a new year is to really try to focus our time and energy on a few little things, a few things that I believe that if we'll do these things, they will help us experience uh, the life that God intends for us to experience, because the truth is the Bible says so much about the little things. Matter of fact, Solomon says it this way. He says that the little foxes are the things that can ruin the entire vineyard. You know what I mean? It's like termites. You know what I mean? The the little termites, they can ruin the whole house. These these little foxes. And so he's giving us this, this example that if we don't take care of these little things, bad things can happen. But good things can happen too if we take care of the little things. One of the things that Jesus said, and I love this, he says that if you will be faithful with little, he says he will give you much. See, if we don't take care of the little things we've been given, if we don't steward the things that God has given us in a good way, what will happen is that that blessing that God wants to bring into our life won't come. Because here's the thing, God wants to make, he's given it, God wants to make sure he's given it to a good manager, a good steward of the things he's given. And so this is something that we have to see that's all over the Bible, that the little things really do matter. I talked about last week about how we go to the doctor. And when we go to the doctor, one of the first things that the doctor says is, uh, let me take your temperature. Matter of fact, nowadays, you, they do that before you even walk in the building. You know what I mean? They're always like scanning you and checking to see if you have some temperature. And, and, and why are they doing that? Well, they're doing that to figure out if there's a problem. They're trying to assess, is there an issue? Do you have a fever? Is something going on? Uh, you know, and so they're looking at your temperature to kind of fi- figure out what's happening. And so that's what I want to do. That's what I want this series to be. Is that it just a chance for us to take our temperature? Just a chance for us to see, okay, how, how, how are things going? How are things going in my life? What's, what's my temperature like? You know what I mean? And so last week, we asked this question, and I asked you to kind of consider it all week. It was a very straightforward question, but it really does get at the heart of the matter. And here's the question I asked, is how in love with Jesus are you right now, really? Like, how in love with him are you right now, really? Now, you may have said, not at all. 
Or you may have said, eh, kind of. Or you may have said, man, it's awesome. I don't know. But I know that that's an important question. Why is that an important question? Because that little question helps us to see something really big, something really important. And that is our relationship with Jesus matters. See, Jesus didn't come into the world to give you a religion. He came into this world to give you a relationship with him. And so how is your relationship with him? And so it's just an important question, don't you think? And so, so as we check our temperature, what happens is certain things get revealed. And so I want to continue doing that today. I want to continue taking our temperature a little bit. And, and, and one of the things I've been thinking a lot about is this whole idea. Uh, and it's something that I see written about in the news. I see it in scientific journals. I see it in different places. But, but it's about something that I think is affecting all of us. And it's a concept that really didn't exist, I guess, until two years ago. And it's called COVID fatigue. You ever heard of this? COVID fatigue. Now, basically what it means is that COVID has caused fatigue. Very straightforward. COVID has created this burnout that's happened in our lives, that we're tired of it. Yes, we're exhausted of experiencing it. We're tired of experiencing it. We don't want to get sick. We're worn out. We're experiencing these tensions in our life because they're everywhere. Yes. And what happens is your body and your mind and your spirit are like, oh, I'm exhausted. I'm tired. I'm worn out. And this long term experience has created anxiety. It's created depression. It's created all kinds of feelings of fatigue and, 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 and periods of just feeling burned out, worn out, and exhausted. Now, perhaps you're like, ah, not me. Just fine. But it could be that you're like, yeah, I can relate to that. I, I've been experiencing a little of that lately, or maybe you've been experiencing a lot of it. I don't know. But, but this is what they say when you look at COVID fatigue. This is how they would define it. Okay, and so here's, here's a few things that they say about COVID fatigue. Listen to this. It, feelings of, well, feeling cynical and emotionally exhausted. Cynical and emotionally exhausted. Number two, being less effective at your job. <laughs> Number three, having a deep sense of anxiety about the future. The number four, being less willing to comply with health guidelines. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. When you go into the restaurant and they're like, you need a mask. You're like, I ain't wearing no mask. I'm tired of wearing a mask. You wear a mask. You know what I'm talking about, some of you. You just get frustrated. You get tired of following the rules. You're like, I'm so sick of this. I'm not putting on my mask ever again. I'm sure none of you have ever done that. But the data seems to indicate that we all kind of have had some experience of this. Just feeling exhausted, worn out, tired, and how it affects us. And, and the truth is, here's, here's what I'm trying to get at. What I'm noticing is that part of the reason we're experiencing COVID fatigue, burnout, exhaustion, is that we've cut ourselves off from the very thing that can cure us. Like, like we've literally walked away from it. And what I mean by that is, is God is very clear in his word as to what we need as followers of Jesus. He's just very clear. It's not confusing. It's not like, oh, I wonder what God wants. No, 
There's a reason he gave us the word. The word tells us what he wants. And so when we think about living a life of abundance that Jesus describes, there's a way to do it. Does that make sense? There's a path. There's a path that he's created. And if we will be on that path with a regular routine of walking that path, inevitably we will end up in the destination that Jesus said we'll end up in. Get this? It's, I mean, it makes sense, doesn't it? But what's happened is I think in this time of COVID, we have gotten out of our routines. We've been affected by the things around us. I don't know about you, but I've had a hard time keeping my routines. Have you? I've had a hard time keeping the disciplines that I had before. And, and what happens is when we don't keep those routines, the very thing that is going to help us gets lost. And when it gets lost, we become cut off from the cure. And when we get cut off from the cure, what happens? We just begin to shrivel up. We begin to experience COVID fatigue. We begin to experience spiritual fatigue, physical fatigue, emotional fatigue. And God is saying, guys, 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 gals, 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 listen to me. Pay attention again. Stop looking at everything around you and look at me. Because I promise you, if you'll do it my way, you'll experience everything that I want you to experience. See, that's the God we serve. But what's happened in our lives is that we've cut ourselves off from the thing that can help us. Many of us, listen to me, guys. And I want you to receive this as, as, as graciously as I can present it. Because again, we need truth and grace. We need truth and love. We don't just need love, we need truth too. We need both. And that's what I love about the Bible is it gives us both. But one of the things that I've seen is that people in this time of this pandemic that are experiencing all kinds of fatigue, what's happened is we've stopped attending and we've stopped participating in the very things that can heal us. And when we do that, it what? Cuts us off from the very thing that can help us. So, so, so what I mean is, is that, that in this season, the enemy is working overtime. The enemy is working overtime. And what is the enemy's role in our life? What does the enemy want to see happen in our life? Everything opposite of God. So kill, kill, steal, destroy. Yes? So whatever the opposite of that, kill, steal, destroy, that's God. And everything else is the enemy. So all the things that are opposite of that are not the things that God wants. And so the enemy's working overtime to convince us that we can just keep doing it the way we're doing it and expecting a different result. Some of which might, some of us might even call that something. We've said it before, you've heard it said, is that that's a form of insanity. Of just doing the same old thing. And here's my point. If I feel the way I feel, if I'm experiencing fatigue and depression and anxiety and all the loss, what happens is I'm not connecting with the source, the one that can actually help me experience something different. And when we pull away from attending and participating, what happens is COVID fatigue. Now, I know that, that, that there's probably a lot of other things that can cause it. 
But this is what I know, is that there is a cure. And if we will do it God's way, we will find the cure that we're looking for. Now, now you may be saying, well, pastor, I'm here. So I'm attending. So I guess I get off. I'm free. Well, maybe. I don't know. Maybe you're attending, but you're not participating in other things. Maybe you're not participating in a group. Maybe you're not participating in serving. I don't know what you're doing. But I know this, that if we don't make sure that we're attending and participating in the right things, these, this reality will visit our doorstep. And we will not have what we need to fight it off. And so, so if you're online and you're like, well, I'm, I'm here. Awesome. Good job. I'm proud of you for being here. But I also know that attending online is not the same as attending in person. Is that okay? Can I say that? Because I know that some of you are like mad at me now. Probably some of my friends online. I love you guys. But it's not the same. You know it. I remember when we were shut down in, the two, in 2020, like for a couple of months. Like I was watching church online. I'm watching my own church. And I found it really difficult to enter into it. Did you? I mean, it was just like I'd stand up and I'd even make the family stand up. Like we are going to stand up and we are going to sing. And you know, you're singing and it's weird. It's awkward. It's like you don't want to sing too loud, you know. Then the dog runs through. And then you sit down and you're ready for the preacher to preach and he's going to do his thing and you're like ready to take notes and then the baby starts crying and and the kids start running around and the next thing you know you're distracted and it's just not working, right? You know what I'm talking about. It's not ideal. Is it workable for a season? Yes. But it is not a long-term solution. Now I get that we have to deal with the things happening around us. And what I don't want you to hear me saying is don't, you know, do the right things that you need to do. But what I am saying is that we have to challenge the things that we're currently doing. Because what happens is we start living a life of can't rather than a life of can. I can't insert whatever. I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't go to church the way I used to. Whatever. What we need to be saying is I can do something. I can take steps towards the thing that's going to help me. I can begin doing some things that is going to lead me to the cure. Because see, regardless of your opinion about whether you should come in person or not, or be at church live or not, or go to a small group or not, here's the reality. Mature believer in the room, hear me. The maturity is this. Attending and participating gives you access to the cure. Is that true? And if that is true, believer in Jesus Christ who desires to be mature and wise in their faith, hear me then. We must examine this and figure out where I need to be participating, where I need to be attending differently or more. Where am I currently cut off from this? Now, now, now you may be saying, he's just making this stuff up. 
He's just talking out his mouth. He, he's just talking out. He, that's just pastor's opinion. It's not my opinion, guys. You want to get mad at somebody, get mad at God. Get mad at the writer of Hebrews, because listen to what he says. Listen to this. And I pray that you'd receive it. Hebrews chapter 10. The writer of Hebrews is writing a book to encourage the current believers. Hear me. These believers need encouragement. And this is what he writes in chapter 10, verse 24. Listen. And let us consider and give attentive, continuous care to watching over one another, studying how we may stir up, stimulate, and incite to love and helpful deeds and noble activities. Now, do you, do you see what's happening there? The writer of Hebrews is saying, we need to consider. So I'm asking you to consider. Would you consider what I'm saying? Would you consider that we need to be attentive, continuously caring for, and watching over the people around us, that we need to be Working in such a way to stir them up for what? To stir them up to love and helpful deeds and noble activities. What does that mean? It means that God has something for you to do. That God has, even in the middle of this pandemic, God has something for you to do. And my job as a follower of Jesus, your job as a follower of Jesus, is to find some people that you can stir up. That you can say, hey, come on. I know it's hard right now. I know you're not getting out of the house, but I'm coming over. <laughs> They're like, no, you're not. <laughs> I don't, you see what he's saying? Is that we got to stir each other up. We got to stop just saying, okay, this is it. And this is our life. And it's never going to get any better. And then that's not what God would want. God would want us to press in. God would want us to experience the life that he has for us, the good, the joyful, abundant life, even in the midst of the pandemic. Jesus is available in the good and the bad. And matter of fact, you need him in the bad, don't you? And so the Bible says, consider it, be attentive, care, stir each other up, make sure that you're going to everybody you possibly can and encouraging them because God has a good work for them, a noble activity. And here's the thing, if they're not doing the noble activity, if they're not doing the good deed, then it's not getting done. And if it's not getting done, guys, then we got a problem. Because the Bible says that you were given things to do before you were even a thought. That God has planned things for you to do. Even in the midst of this virus, God has planned things for you to do. And he wants you to get after it. He wants you to be, and you're like, well, pastor, I, I appreciate that. I need to hold people accountable. I need to go after them. I need to do all these things. I get it. But I don't see anything. I don't see anything about attending. Verse 25. Not forsaking or neglecting the assemble together, the assembling of together, believers together, as, a, as is the habit of some people. So he's saying there are some people that have decided that they don't need to get together. There are some people that have, have, are forsaking and neglecting the assembling of together, of us getting together. And he says this should not be. And so he tells us to admonish them, warn them, encourage them. So now, as your pastor, I'm admonishing you. I'm warning you. 
I'm encouraging you that we should never neglect the assembling of the body of Christ together. And I understand that when I say that in our world, that creates all kinds of tension. But friends, I'm not here to resolve the tension for you. Matter of fact, you will experience tension all of your life. Tension is never really intended to be resolved. It's usually just something we manage. And here's the tension. That's what the word of God says. And so if the word of God says, I need to make sure I'm not neglecting assembling, then I just have to deal with that. Is that okay? Like as mature believers in Christ, I just have to deal with that. And so I got to start asking the question, what do I need to be doing so that I can assemble? And what is it that I need to be doing so that I don't neglect this in my life Because, see, I've got to watch over this. I've got to make sure that I'm doing this properly. And so, see, lots of people have stopped attending and stopped participating. And and I just want to ask you, could you rethink that a little bit? Could you think about how you could? Could you think about how you could participate? Could you think about how you could attend? I don't know. But I know this. Whether we like it or not, if we don't, hear me, That we're cutting ourselves off from the cure. Because these are the things that God laid out for us to do. All of those things on the wall out there in the lobby. Those vision things that we talk about. There are little four of them. Know God. Find freedom. Discover your purpose and make a difference. Those are not just pithy statements. Those are things that we need to actively be doing over and over and over again in our lives. Because when we do it, we become the believers that God intends us to be. To to become mature followers of Jesus Christ. So we have to look at this. The other thing that I've noticed is not just that we've stopped attending and participating, but we've also stopped serving. And here's the thing about that that you have to hear me on. John 14, 13 says this, and this is Jesus, like it's his example. It says, and since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. What's Jesus doing there? He is being the example of servanthood, and he wants his followers to emulate him. And here's the thing you got to see, is that we are never more like Jesus than when we are serving other people. And what happens is we cut ourselves off from not just attending and participating, but we also cut ourselves off from serving. And when you cut yourself off from serving, you now have cut yourself off from the very person of Jesus. Do you understand? Now, I'm not saying you won't be saved. (laughs) Because again, you getting saved has nothing to do with what you do. But I am saying that in this life, you will experience COVID fatigue, exhaustion, and worn out hearts and depression and anxiety if we don't do the things God has told us to do. Does that make sense? So we've got to stop some of this stuff and we've got to get connected again to the cure And so as we take our temperature and we see what's there, okay, am I doing okay? How am I doing? How are you doing? Here's the question I have for you. Okay, so here's the question for today. Very simple, very straightforward. Where do you need to be refreshed by the Lord? That's a good question, isn't it? Where do you need to be refreshed by the Lord right now? Where is it? Where are you struggling? What's going on in your life right now? 
Where do you feel worn out? Where do you feel exhausted? Where do you need God to come in and go, to, to, to blow some fresh wind, some fresh air into your sails? Where do you need God to help you today? Where do you need him to refresh you? Now, I don't know if you've ever heard of this prophet, but in the Bible, there's a prophet by the name of Elijah. And if you've never read Elijah's story, you can find it in 1 Kings. And, and uh, Elijah was a mighty man of God. But Elijah was having a really bad day. He was worn out. He was exhausted. He had just fought a battle. He had just went and put the smack down on other gods. He had done some pretty amazing things. And the leaders of the time were not real happy about it. And so we pick up the story here in verse 4 of chapter 19. Listen to this. Elijah went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree. And he prayed. Listen to this. He prayed that he might die. How many of you know that Elijah was having a bad day? And he said, Is it... It is enough. He's like, I'm done. Now, Lord, take my life, for I am no better than my father's. Would you say that Elijah was exhausted? Would you say that he was a little burnout? Would you say that he, uh, I think anytime you get to a point where you just want to die, you're not doing so good. And I don't know where you are today. I don't know if you've even experienced that recently. Maybe you've felt that. You've been so exhausted but that's where he is. And Elijah, I'm telling you, this guy needed some refreshing. He needed the Lord to do something in his life. See, the Lord, this is what I love about this story. The Lord shows up in his pain, his exhaustion, his difficulty. And he provides Elijah what he needs. Not what he wants, but what he needs. And so he meets him. And so what I'm saying to all of you today, whether you're here in person or online, is that if you will come to him, he will provide what you need. The cure is available, friends. And his name is Jesus. And he wants to do it. He wants to bring refreshing into your life. Listen to this. As we go a little bit further into the story. Elijah's having a bad day. In verse 5. And then he lay and slept under a broom tree. Suddenly an angel touched him and said to him, Arise and eat. I want you to notice two things there. The first is, is that he was asleep. Come on. Sometimes the best thing you need is some sleep. Sometimes the best thing. Matter of fact, most doctors will tell you that if you neglect sleep, it's going to mess you up. Whether it messes you up now or later, it's coming. Because it messes up everything. It messes up all your chemicals in your body. Serotonin and adrenaline and endorphins and you know, all those things. And so, so, so he was sleeping under the tree and the angel tells him, hey, arise and eat. Then he looked and, and there by his head was a cake baked on the coals and a jar of water. I love that. The Lord had made him breakfast. He's, 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 he's tired. He's worn out. He's exhausted. And the Lord makes him breakfast. And so he ate and he drank and he lay down again. Did you notice he laid down again? He needed another nap. He wasn't ready yet. 
So he lay down again and the angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him again and said, arise and eat because the journey is too great for you. So he arose and he ate and he drank and he went in the strength of that food for 40 days and 40 nights. How many of you know that was some really good bread? 40 days and 40 nights on that little cake and that water. Man, that must have been some special bread, some special water. And it says that he journeyed all the way to to Mount Horeb, the mountain of God. And then in verse nine, and there he went into a cave and spent the night. There he is again sleeping. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him and he said this. And this is what the Lord said to him. Listen, what are you doing here, Elijah? And this is what Elijah says to him. I have been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars and killed your prophets with the sword. And he says, I alone am left and they seek to take my life. <laughs> so Jesus, or I mean, the angel asks him this question. Why in the world are you here? And he goes through this thing about all the bad things that are happening around him, Right. He shares with God his what? His frustration, his disappointment. And so, so as he shares this frustration and this disappointment with God, God says to him in verse 11, and then he said, go out and stand on the mountain before God. Get the picture. And behold, the Lord passed by and a great and strong wind tore into the mountain and broke the rocks to pieces before the Lord. Now you're seeing something, huh? And the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. So you see it. I mean, rocks are falling, earthquake. The Bible says that God was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. I don't even know what that looks like, but there was a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. As Eliza slowed down enough, as he rested, as he ate, as he was refreshed, he could hear the voice of God again. You with me? So it was when Elijah heard that he wrapped his face in his mantle because he knew God was holy. He wraps his face in his mantle. And he went out and he stood at the entrance of the cave. Suddenly a voice came to him and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? And you know what Elijah does? Says the same thing he said earlier. Thick skulled, he says to him. I've been very zealous for the Lord, God of hosts. Have you ever said that to the Lord? God, I've done so much for you. He says, I've been very zealous for the Lord of hosts because the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars and killed your prophets with the swords. I alone am left. And they seek to take my life. He feels alone. He feels abandoned. He feels like he's the only one that cares anymore. You ever felt that way? 
And he's sitting there and he's talking to the Lord and he's like, God, do you not understand where I am? Do you not understand how exhausted and tired and worn out and burnt out I am? Do you not see what's happening? And God says, child, son, daughter, of course I see. I've never left you. I've never forsaken you. I've always come through for you. So why wouldn't it be true now if it was true then? Do you see what I'm getting at? It's like God hasn't left us. God hasn't forsaken us. But what happens in this story is that God is taking care of Elijah. He's loving him. He's providing for him. He's giving him everything that he needs. And all Elijah wants to say is, do you see God? Friends, we've got to stop reminding the Lord. We've got to stop telling the Lord about all the things that have been lost. Now, I'm not saying there isn't a time and a season to come to the Lord with lament. Of course there is. But I am saying that our season of mourning has to come to an end at some point. We have to stop looking at what's been lost. We have to stop looking at the disappointment. We have to stop focusing on the things that, that have been stolen from us. And we've got to start looking at our God who has the ability to do something about it. He's the cure. We have to begin to connect again with him. We've got to stop trying to control our present reality and start plotting a better future. We can't keep doing that if we expect to go there. We have to start seeing the one that can, not the one that can't. We have to start looking for the things that we need to see and not looking at the things behind us or just the things in front of us, but we have to start plotting a better future. I love the way that Lance Witt said this in his book. It's so good. He has this book called Refresh or Replenish. It's called Replenish, and he says this. Listen, he says, and, and, and you tell me if you agree, okay? You can't undo the past. Yes? True. You can't undo the past. You can't control all of your circumstances. Yes? True. But you can plot a different trajectory for your future. And everybody in the room would say, yeah. So why don't we get to that? Why don't we start plotting a better future? Why don't we look at the rubble and say our God is more than able? Why don't we look at the ashes, the burned down fields, the difficulties, the exhaustion, the, the pain, all of it, all of it. And we say, God, you know what? You can. And I'm going to stop saying you can't. In faith, I'm going to believe that we have a better way to go. And I'm going to begin plotting the things. And here's the thing I see in the story of Elijah as he's over here talking about all of his disappointments. And he's like, no one's here. I'm all alone. And God says to him in verse 18, yet I have reserved 7,000 in Israel. All whose knees have not bowed to Baal and every mouth that has not kissed that God. You know what he's saying? He's saying, when you didn't think I had a plan, I had a plan. 
Matter of fact, when you thought you were alone, you weren't alone. I've got 7,000 that are faithful. I've got 7,000 that are faithful. I don't know how many people are in this room right now, but will you be a part of the faithful? Will you be a part of the ones that are going to make a difference? Will you be a part, if you're online today, are you going to be the one that says, you know what? It is. This, this stinks. I'm tired of COVID fatigue. I'm ready to get back in the game. I'm ready to do the things that God has called me to do it. That he is the cure that I need. And so, God, I will believe that you have 7,000 for me. And that you can do something in my situation. Come on, guys. Jeremiah 31, 25 says this, for I will, listen, this is God speaking to you, for I will fully satisfy the weary soul. And I will, listen, replenish every languishing and sorrowful person. God is the one that can replenish you. I don't know where your need is. I don't know where you need God to show up. But I know this, that we serve a God that is a refreshing God. We serve a God that has the ability to refresh you. And so where do you today need to be refreshed by God? As we close, two thoughts. The first is this. The only way I know to be refreshed is to come to Jesus. That's all. That's, that's my best shot. And I didn't make that up. It comes straight from Jesus. He says, come to me. He says, come to me. All that are weary, heavy laden, you come to me. And so if you need replenishing today, then you come to Jesus. You come to him. You stop looking at everything else around you. You come to him. And when you do, the Bible says that he will come and begin the process of refreshing you, of taking those burdens off of you so that you can walk and stand again. See, that's what we need, isn't it? Jeremiah 6, 16 says this. Thus says the Lord, stand by the roads and look and ask for the eternal paths. Stop there. There are paths that are eternal. In other words, there are paths that you can't see that God has already made in your wilderness, in your desert, in your difficulty. There is a path. And what God says is to pray and ask for him to reveal the eternal paths. And so, God, would you reveal the eternal paths to us? And he says that you might walk in the old ways. You know that old routine you used to do? The attending, the participating, the serving, some of that stuff. The old way you used to walk. He's like, get back to it. But then this verse really, there's something in it that really bothers me. So he says, the old ways, to walk in it. And he says, if you'll do that, listen. You'll find rest for your soul. Do you need rest? Do you need refreshing? Then you do this. But then watch this. But they said, we will not walk in it. The Bible says very clearly that today I set before you life and death. I set before you a choice. And God says, please choose life. Don't choose death. Don't choose more of the same. 
You choose life. Don't refuse to walk in the eternal path that God has set out for you. Because guys, you know this. It's the principle of the path. If you're on that road, you'll end up in that destination. And so friends, my heart for us today is that we'll come to Jesus and that we'll begin to plot a course for the future and that we'll see that realized in our life and God will fuel inject your life. He'll fuel inject this church and we are gonna do some amazing things for God's kingdom in this city. In Jesus' name, amen. God, I thank you so much for every person in this room that's hearing my message. I thank you for their hearts and their desire to be better. For everybody tuning in online that's like, I want to get better. I want to be better. I'm tired of being fatigued. I'm tired of being exhausted. Guys, I want to pray for anybody in this room today that says, I need more of God. I need a refreshing of Jesus. If you're here today and you need a refreshing, I want to pray for you. If you would just simply say to the Lord, just in your own heart, just say, God, I need you. I need a refreshing. I'm worn out. I'm tired. I'm fatigued. I'm depressed. I'm anxious. I need you to fill me again. And so right now, in the name of Jesus, I pray for an outpouring of God's spirit in your life right now. That you would begin to see the eternal roads that you would begin to see the old ways and that you would begin to walk in that path. God, I pray for the strength. I pray for the faith and the energy to be able to enter into that again. Holy Spirit, would you come and would you fill your people? You say in your word, if we'll ask for the filling of the Holy Spirit, that you'll fill us, God. And so, God, I pray for a filling of your spirit in this room right now. I pray for a filling of your spirit on anybody that's tuning in online right now. God, I pray that you'd pour out your spirit right now. God, would you fill us again to an overflowing point that we might be able to be full of your spirit, full of your glory, that we might be about the things that you've called us to do again. God, would you help us? Forgive us for getting distracted. Forget us for always reminding you of all the bad and not seeing what you're doing. Forget us, forgive us for saying we can't. Help us to say we can. Jesus, we need your help today. For anybody in this room that maybe is struggling, and maybe you're struggling at such a level that, that even as I pray, you're like, I just don't have this in my life. I don't know Jesus. I don't, I don't spend any time with him. I don't, I've never had a relationship with him. You know, the Bible says that you can. Matter of fact, the Bible says that if you'll put your faith and trust in him, that he'll come in and he not only will save you, but he will help you. And so I want to pray for anybody here today that would love to walk towards Jesus, to begin a relationship with him. If that's you, just pray this prayer. Holy Spirit, would you come? Just pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I need you. I need a savior. I'm sorry for my sins. I'm sorry for the things that have separated me from you. But I need you to come in and transform me. I surrender my life to you again, Lord. I ask you to be leader and Lord over me. Submit myself to you again in Jesus' name. Amen.
Can we just celebrate anybody that was making a decision today?